the 18th chapter is uh, is the essence of the essence of the whole of bhagavad gita ye aawaz thoda theek kar lo ha sant nayaneshwar maharaj calls this uh, chapter the kalash just as the temple we have and on top of the temple we have the kalash similarly the whole bhagavad gita is like a temple and this 18th chapter is like the kalash of this temple he also calls it ekadhyayi gita gita in one adhyay so a good study of this chapter itself will be sufficient to make us understand the entire teaching of bhagavad gita so the whole uh, subject is presented in a very systematic way it begins with arjuna's question that what exactly is the meaning of the term sanyas and tyag because ultimately the ultimate sadhana or ultimate one thing does in the state of meditation is tyag renouncing the little sense of i the little ego is dropped and the moment it is dropped one experiences or there is that state of enlightenment so what exactly is the meaning of sanyas and tyaga lakshman our arjuna wants to know and bhagwan first he gives the opinion of other thinkers and then he he gives his own understanding of the whole thing so he says according to some giving up of kamya karma desire prompted activity is called tyaga tyaga means giving up renunciation some say that uh, giving up the attachment to the results of action is called tyaga some say that to give up all actions is called tyaga or to give up actions which are defective have inherent defects in them to give up those actions is tyaga but some say that yajna dana tapak karma should not be given up and bhagwan also says that yes that is also my confirmed uh, uh, opinion that yajna dana tapak karma should not be given up but it should be performed they should be performed with the attitude of detachment etanya pitu karmani sangam tatva phalanicha so yajna dana tapak karma is our kartavya karma our responsibility which has to be fulfilled with detachment towards the action itself and the results of action it has to be doing itself is our duty the result is will come according to whatever the laws of the world are but doing itself is the duty so one should focus one's attention on that doing rather than focusing attention on what i will get so this is uh, when a person follows this sincerely becomes fit seeker 
and ultimately attains the state of enlightenment. Then Bhagavan says there are three types of this uh, Tyaga. So first he says that those who give up the duties out of ignorance and confusion, then that is called Tamasic Tyaga. And those who give up their duties out of fear of some sorrow and pain for their body and their mind, then that is called Rajasic Tyaga. So, Tamasic Tyaga and Rajasic Tyaga are not uh, spiritually beneficial, nor beneficial in any other way. So, one should follow Sattvic Tyaga. And what is Sattvic Tyaga? Bhagwan now reveals in the ninth verse. So, let us chant. Karyam Yat Karma Niyatam Kriyaterjuna Sangam Tektva Falanchaiva Satyagas Satvikomataha Karyam Ittevayat Karma Niyatam Kriyaterjuna Sangam Tektva Falanchaiva Satyagas Satvikomataha Karyam Ittevayat Karma Niyatam Kriyaterjuna He Arjuna Bhagavan says, one who performs their niyata karma. Niyat karma is yadnyadana tapak karma. So this we should not forget. Our responsibilities, our duties. So those who fulfill their duties, niyata karma, keep on performing their duties. And with what attitude? Karyam iti, that it has to be done. It is obligatory. We are alive, we live in this world, we have certain responsibilities and those have to be fulfilled. There is no, uh, what you call, uh, no choice. Choicelessly, one has to fulfill all one's responsibilities. Then what will happen, that one will, you can hear me clearly, So, ठीक करो आवाज भैया उस फीडबैक भी मिलना चाहिए हां शुरुआत में था ना वो ठीक था अब बीच-बीच में वो चेंज करते रहते हो सो कार्यम इत्येव यत्कर्म नियतम क्रियते अर्जुना हां भगवान सेस दैट नियत कर्म यज्ञ दान तपत कर्म यू परफॉर्म एस Karyam, as we have to do. So, when we perform our, fulfill our responsibilities, then what will happen? We reach a state of harmony. This we can understand by becoming aware of our body. In our body, there are so many different types of organs are there. I also don't know which is where. So many organs are there. And all of them, when they function in a perfect harmony, then the body also functions well. Each one of them, they have to fulfill 
their responsibilities well. The heart, the kidneys, the livers, hmm? and only three I know. And all the other organs which are there, when they, each one of them, they do their duties well, then the whole body functions in a most beautiful way. That is called a healthy body. Each organ, they have their different function. What the heart does, the liver doesn't do. The liver does what the kidney doesn't do. So each one of them, they have the different function. But when they fulfill their duties, just keep on doing what they have to do, then the entire organ, entire this body mechanism, it remains healthy. It, it, it remains in a perfect harmony. In this, and when the body is in perfect harmony, when the body is perfectly healthy, then the body doesn't demand attention. This I have told before also. That when the body is perfectly healthy, it doesn't demand attention. When your body is not healthy, then it demands attention. When the stomach is some gadbad, then you suddenly become aware of the stomach. When there is some problem somewhere, we become aware of that organ. Otherwise, everything goes on smoothly and we are totally unaware of the functioning of the body. In the same way, when our mind, when our intellect, when our senses, all of them function in perfect uh, harmony, performing their, fulfilling their responsibilities, then one becomes free of uh, what you call uh, paying attention to them. They don't demand attention. And when our whole mechanism doesn't demand attention, then our 100% attention goes towards our own self. We become free from all distractions and we attain that state of enlightenment. And this one can uh, do it or practice by fulfilling all our responsibilities in the perfect way, the most wonderful way. So as we keep on doing whatever we have to do towards our own body, our own family, our society, and nation and the totality, then what happens? One becomes free of, they do not demand attention. And when they don't demand attention, that is called, the, uh, that is when the mind is said to be uh, completely pure, free from all distraction. And in that state of quietitude and silence of the mind, and purity of the mind, one, one attains that it, it abides, one abides in one's own self. So all this happens just by bringing that attitude of karma yoga. That attitude of karma yoga itself is the sadhana. It is not how much of work we are doing hmm, and what type of work we are doing. It is our duty only, whatever our different person duty might be different. One person yadnya may be different from another person's yadnya. One person's dana will be different from the other person's dana. But if we bring that attitude of karma yoga, then that itself is a, is, leads a person into the state of meditation. 
it's a it's a most uh, it's like you can say you can as an example of a artist a singer or a dancer when they perform in the beginning actually when a student is performing slowly and steadily the practices and become aware of so many things becomes aware of the audience also whether they are observing whether they are appreciating or not hmm. then becomes aware of each and every step aware of the rhythm aware of the music background everything but when that artist uh, keeps on evolving and reaches the very height of his or her performance then a moment comes when that artist forgets everything the dance is happening the music is going on but there is no dancer dance is happening but there is an experience of no dancer there is an experience of absence of the doer it happens just like that it happens so that is that perfect state of karma yoga then that moment when actions seem to happen and there is no sense of doership at all but this we can attain by slowly and steadily performing our fulfilling our duties with the right type of attitude it's very interesting it itself is a sadhana therefore in bhagavad gita bhagwan gives lot of importance to this path of uh, karma yoga if it is understood well then that alone will lead us to our final destination it can be anything it can be a simple action just uh, picking up a flower or whatever offering it to the lord it can be a simple action but that action if it is uh, attained or achieved or performed with perfect uh, attitude of uh, karma yoga then that action itself will make us free from all actions that action will lead us to that to that uh, moment of silence and quietude of our mind which will take us into that state of enlightenment or meditation therefore this is very important so karyam itteva yat karma so our attention should not be on the result of action let us say a dancer is there and all the time the attention is who is watching and what they are doing and all then the dance cannot be done properly or in olympics also if a person is about to uh, dive into the water hmm, somersault and this and that they do and they die dive Uh, before that their total concentration is there absolute they come on that uh, diving board and they remain absolutely steady for a for few seconds they are absolutely still in that stillness at that moment what do you think they are thinking are iske baad diving ke baad i want to go and buy something do some shopping then i will go and watch that program very important is coming me okay. nothing at that moment the person's attention is completely in the present moment and the whole attention is there and that person just dives with that rhythm in the same way a person in that perfect state of this is only a momentarily then again he is non karma yogi 
But a karma yogi is one who remains in that state all the time. And when we reach that state, that is the state of meditation which one can attain through karma yoga. So karya mitti, the attention is not on the result but on the action itself. And finally, the attention goes away from the action. Action happens. See, just like our breathing. Do you breathe? No, you don't breathe. Breathing happens. Even when you are asleep, breathing goes on. It is a misunderstanding we have that we are breathing. Breathing happens. But we can also interfere with our breathing. We can we can do pranayam and all and interfere with our breathing. But if we don't interfere, breathing goes on and on and on. Right from our birth till death, whether we are happy, unhappy, whether we are awake or sleeping or dreaming, whether we are conscious, unconscious, the breathing goes on and on and on. It's a spontaneous, involuntary activity which goes on. But if you are told that, oh, become aware of your breathing, or breathe in a particular way, suddenly that breathing becomes a little haphazard. It becomes uneven. We become, when we become conscious, it goes out of uh, tune. Or to take other example, like our walking. Every day we keep walking, walking. But if you are told, please walk from there to there, we want to see how you walk. I tell you, it will be the most difficult walk of our life. Those, those, this uh, models and all the way they walk, and it's not very easy. I mean, I have not done, but I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine, but you don't imagine me walking. But I can imagine it can be very difficult. It is not very easy because it is very difficult not to become conscious of our walk. And it might take a long, long time for them to practice or to reach that state when they become totally free of being aware of their own walking. You can, you can uh, notice even in a, when you want to take, click someone's photograph, suddenly the expression changes. The smile also becomes artificial. They forget how to smile. Smile karam. <laughs> It's so strange. You have been smiling throughout your life and all the time. Now what happens? It becomes so difficult. Especially when you go to click photographs in some uh, government office, this, that and all, you see those photographs. They are never good. Because they, first of all, they are not interested in your smile. And you don't even know exactly at what point we have to smile. Because nowadays we have to look into the computer or somewhere and smile. So you don't know when it will click. So you keep smiling, but at the, afterwards you think that it is over, so you don't smile. And that time it clicks. <laughs> so, when uh, even ordinary action which we do spontaneously, even our breathing as I said, which goes on spontaneously when we become conscious of it, when we become doer of our breathing, then it becomes difficult, it becomes uneven. 
then we become so much conscious that we uh, totally get lost. Similarly, all our actions, when we become too conscious of it, and we become too conscious of the result which we will gain, and too anxious about the result, the action takes our attention away. And when our attention is away from it, we are not, we don't feel peaceful, we don't feel happy. Happiness and peace we feel when our mind comes in the state of total stillness. Because the happiness and peace we have within ourselves. I am of the nature of happiness and peace. Not the action, not the result gives me happiness and peace. So this we have to learn. This karma yoga is a beautiful technique. We have to learn to bring that attitude. Hmm. To make our living itself spontaneous. So the in the beginning, just like again to give an example of the dancing, in the beginning one d- follows certain rules, follows certain rhythm, you have to follow certain procedure. But as you go ahead, you have to slowly transcend that procedure. It is just for a beginner. Then you have to transcend that procedure. And it should become as spontaneous and as natural as possible. In the same way, in the beginning we have this rule that yadnya dana tapa karma you do. But then this yadnya dana tapa alone should become absolutely spontaneous that they should become our second nature. Not that out of force or out of compulsion one does something, but it becomes our second nature itself. And when that happens and I have no attachment to the result, that my whole attention is on just performing the karma, and afterward the karma also happens spontaneously, then what happens? I become detached from that, the whole mechanism of action. I become detached from the karma uh, chakra. And when I become detached, I get established in my own self. So, therefore, Bhagavan says, Karya mitteva yat karma niyatam kurute kriyate arjuna he arjuna. One who performs his niyata karma, yadnya dana tapak karma, karya miti. That I have to do it, it is my duty. Therefore, I have to do it. And how does one do? Sangam tektva falancheva, giving up both attachment to the actions as well as attachment to the results of action. Hmm? First one has to withdraw one's attention from the result, not become too conscious of the result, not take our mind in future, but should focus one's attention in the present. And then give up the attachment to the actions in the present, means the sense of doership also should be slowly renounced. When this happens, when this type of renunciation happens, then Bhagavan says that is called sattvic renunciation. Satyaga sattviko mataha. That is called sattvic renunciation. It is not renunciation of action, but the attachment to the action and the results of action. Action goes on and there is no attachment and that is called the sattvic renunciation. And this is the perfect state of karma yoga. So, rajasic and tamasic renunciation is not called karma yoga. 
too much. Many people feel that uh, working or doing lot of action is called karma yoga. People have misunderstanding about karma yoga. Performing too much action or performing a special type of action or having a specific time for an action that, okay, my, from morning to evening my duty, that is my karma yoga. karma Then there is something wrong in our understanding. Karma Yoga is not something specified at a particular time. It is 24 hours attitude. Not a, a morning 8 to 8 or 8 to 5 or whatever. But it's a 24 hours attitude. Even when we are sitting, we should sit with the attitude of... That attitude of Karma Yoga is maintained all the time. And that is Sangam Tektva Falanchaiva. So, Satyaga Satviko Mataha. This is called Satvik Tyaga. And if one follows this path of Karma Yoga, it will lead one to the state of enlightenment. It will have its own, just as I give the example of that, which I cannot pronounce, that example. Yes. So, you just have to Stand on the first step. That first step itself will take you to the last step. You don't have to... Some people, they keep on jumping, climbing and all. That is not required. You just stand steady on one step, first step, and it will become the final step. Similarly, Karma Yoga itself will graduate into Bhakti. It itself will graduate into uh, Jnana. And that itself will graduate into dhyana. And that dhyana will lead us to the state of enlightenment. And what is the state of enlightenment is now revealed in the next verse, 10th verse. Nadveshya kushalam karma Kushale nanu shajyate Tyagi Sattva Samavishtaha Medhavi Chinna Samshayaha Nadveshya Kushalam Karma Kushale Nanu Shajyate Tyagi Sattva Samavishtaha Ah, this tyagi, this sattvic tyagi, when one is established in this state of uh, karma yoga, ultimately it leads to complete purity of one's uh, mind. One gets established in pure sattva gun, sattva samavishtaha. See, we have these three gunas in our body, mind, intellect the Tamogun, Rajogun, Sattvagun. So as we follow this path of Karma Yoga, our mind starts becoming more and more and more Sattvic. And ultimately it becomes completely Sattvic, pure Sattvagun. So Sattva Samavishtaha, absolutely pure. Pure means it is free from all distraction, it is free from all impurities like raga, dvesha, 
काम क्रोध लोभ मोह मदमत्सर ऑल दिस इम्प्यूरिटीज डिजअपियर एंड द माइंड इज एब्सोल्युटली स्टील माइंड इज एन वंडरफुल इट इज एन वंडरफुल इंस्ट्रूमेंट बट इट हैज बीन मिस यूज सो वेन वी फॉलो दिस पाथ इट स्टार्ट बिकमिंग मोर एंड मोर स्टील एंड प्योर इट्स लाइक अवर नेचुरल रिसोर्सेस अवर रिवर्स एंड अवर लेक्स एंड ऑल the way they look now in cities especially that is not their original uh, way they are looking that is not their natural state if you look at yamuna or ganga ji or whichever river that is not the natural state of that river that is the state created by the states through which it runs delhi and this and that and all pollution pollutants are added but if the human beings don't interfere or if you go back in time when human beings were not interfering with nature you will find that they were in the perfect uh, state in wonderful purity and all similarly our mind which is at present it is like flowing through the city only with all pollutants entering it it is not its natural state so we have to bring the mind in its natural state of purity and that can happen through this karma yoga so when we follow this the mind start becoming more and more pure and ultimately it becomes supremely satvik sattva samavishtah absolutely satvik Hmm. we have seen that satvik means from uh, it becomes completely uh, peaceful happy one experiences state of happiness and also alertness or awareness heightened awareness hmm. heightened awareness means one is aware of uh, everything or one is 100% aware through all the senses and the mind and intellect at present our awareness is not 100% because it is it is uh, getting interfered with so many obstacles like our seeing even seeing a simple thing is not 100% we are not seeing maybe we are seeing with only 5 5% or 10% of our capacity to see therefore the color also which we see might not be looking so bright and the feeling which we have may not be so wonderful because our experience of this world is colored by so many disturbances in between so when a person reaches that state of uh, complete sattva gun then through the senses also and through mind uh, everything is experienced in a different way altogether as though you are born in a new world hmm. everything seems to be new and fresh hmm. totally fresh so sattva gun gives rise to that heightened awareness plus peace and happiness unconditional happiness and this leads to knowledge because when the mind becomes pure we come to grasp the self as it is so that is a person becomes medhavi 
comes to grasp the real nature of one's own self. I have what I am is now hidden with what I consider myself to be. It's like a false image I have created. That false image is what we call ego. Ego is a false personality created by me. That is not what I am. It is like your profile which you put on the Facebook. Sometimes your real picture, sometimes some picture of some hero, heroine and all. Or whatever. But whatever, even your real picture is not what you are. It is a picture or a profile created by material of the computer itself. If you have a hard copy of your photograph, you cannot stick it there. You should have a soft copy. That only you can go and put it on your profile. So the material is of the computer itself, which go to make your profile there. But your profile is not what you are. You are a different person. The one who is sitting there in front of computer is different from that image or whatever it is there. Similarly, the mind with its thoughts have created an image, a profile, and that is called our ego. And that we have put there. Every day we upgrade or change or whatever. Sometimes we put a gusse wala profile. Aaj ke aage mein gusse mein hoon mein. Sometimes happy profile, sometimes sometimes uh, sad. But happy, sad, uh, young, old, uh, man, woman, all these are our profile created by our thoughts, which is associated with matter. So matter and thoughts, thoughts are also matter, but this matter-thoughts combination creates this profile called ego. And as long as this ego is there, one is not aware of one's real nature. So in this state of sattva-gun, when the mind becomes absolutely still, pure, one comes to recognize one's own self as we really are. We come to grasp ourselves. That's called medha. Medha shakti is the grasping power. Ability to comprehend and understand who we are. So, sattva samavishtaha medhavi, chinna samshaya, samshayaha, and all doubts get ascended, doubts get destroyed in that state, wherein we come to recognize our own self, all doubts disappear. Doubts regarding who am I, doubts regarding what is this world, doubts regarding God, about life, about death, about karma, about phala, about swarga, about narak, about all sorts of doubts which we have, all doubts disappear. Vidyate ridhaya grantihi chindante sarvasamsayaha kriyante chayasya karmani tasmindrishte paravare. In the Upanishad also it is said that when that supreme is recognized, then all our doubts get destroyed. The, the knots of our heart gets, uh, what you call, broken. And all our karmas also get dissolved. So, yar chinna samshayaha, So, there is no doubt in the mind. So, a realized master is free from all doubts, 
free from all all uh, confusions and uh, disturbance of the mind and is established in one's own self being established in one's own self functions seems to be functioning in this world a realized master centered or established in his self seems to be functioning in this world but when he functions in this world according to the natural laws of the body mind and the world then how does he respond to the world he says na dveshti akushalam karma and kushale na anushajyate such a realized master he neither hates uh, negative actions like kamya karma and all he doesn't dislike or hate the kamya karma which normally one tries to avoid because it leads to bondage it leads to samsar therefore a seeker has to avoid the akushal karma and kushale na anushajyati and this wise person doesn't get attached to good actions so doesn't get uh, dislike or hatred towards bad action nor has got any attraction for good action he has gone beyond the attachment to the good and bad action because he has become free from the sense of doership see it's very interesting at a particular level there is something called good and bad in the initial level at the level of the seeker there is something called good and bad but when we reach that state of enlightenment one transcend even the concept of good and bad see from the standpoint of earth there is something called day and night but from the standpoint of sun there is nothing called day and night if you go and ask the sun kal raat mein kahan the sun will say what raat and all what are you talking about what is the meaning of night the sun doesn't know see you know something which the sun doesn't know the sun doesn't know what is the meaning of night because the sun for the sun there is only that pure existence of light alone there is no darkness similarly for that pure self there is no concept of good and bad pap and punya this concept of pap and punya is there for the ego and as long as that ego is there one should adhere to this concept one should try to avoid the pap and follow the path of punya but a realized master goes beyond this punya punya vivarjita pantah he goes beyond the, both punya as well as apunya therefore here bhagwan says this realized master he doesn't hate the kamya or the bad karmas nor does he get attached to the good karmas naturally through his body mind all good karmas only happen but even some bad karmas or something is seen or happening around there is no hatred towards those bad karmas nor there is attachment to the good karmas because the sense of limited i has got dissolved the the reference point from where we were looking and seeing good and bad itself get dissolved suppose you have a thread and we have a knot in between then from the standpoint of the knot there is something called the right side 
of the thread and left side of the thread. But if you untie that knot, then there is no right and left. Which side of the cup is the handle? Outside. (laughs) Because the concept of left and right disappears. Anyway. So, similarly, the realized master has become free from the concept of good and bad karmas. So, nadveshti kushalam karma, akushalam karma and kushalena anushajyati tyagi sattva samavishtaha medhavi chinna samshayaha. This is the state of enlightenment. In order to reach this state, we have to follow this path of karma yoga sincerely. Those who have the sense of doership, for them there is something called good and something called bad. Good action, bad action. We cannot imitate a realized master. Realization, all the description of a realized master are the expressions of that realization. By imitating expression, we cannot become realized. We have to follow our sadhana and reach that state of enlightenment. Therefore, Bhagavan says, Hey Arjuna, you perform your actions, fulfill your duties. He says in the next verse now, Nahi deha bhrata shakyam Tektum karmanya sheshataha Yastu karma palatyagi Satyagi tyabidhiyate Nahi deha bhrata shakyam Ah, therefore, Bhagavan says, Nahi deha brita shakyam tektum karmani asheshataha. For a deha brut means one who is holding on to this body as I, is called deha brut. When we identify with the body and when we become a doer, when, we, when there is that sense, when there is ego, then that is called the state of being a deha brut, holding on to the body. So when there is this sense of I, that I am this body, I am man, I am woman, I am the doer, I am born, I will die, (coughs) I am young, I am old, that is all with respect to the body, Hmm. with some reference, and the reference point is our body. See, if I ask you, where are you sitting, then you give some reference point. If all the reference points are removed, then it will become very difficult to say. If you are out in space, no reference point, where are you? Spaced out. (laughs) No reference point then. Similarly, when we have body as our reference point, then it is called, I am an ego. When I don't have any reference point, because reference point is limitation only. When one becomes free of all reference point, one has reached that state of 
being Brahma. Hmm. So all the reference points are removed. So Deha Bhrata is called. So Nahi Deha Bhrata Shakyam Tektum Karmani Asheshataha. Bhagavan says for a person who is who is having this reference point of a body, who is attached to his body, considers the body as I, for such a person it is not possible to give up karma. Because that itself one has got this sense of doership. So as long as that sense of doership is there, as long as the doer is there, one cannot give up karma. The doer giving up karma is not called uh, renunciation of karma. The, the doer itself dissolves. That is called the final renunciation of karma. In the state of enlightenment, the doer itself gets dissolved. Therefore, in the in previous chapter also, Bhagavan says that a person who restraining all his senses and all, and he doesn't do any action outwardly, that person is also doing action. That person is also doing action of not doing action. That sense of doership is not lost. Just by renouncing external action, one doesn't become a sannyasi. Ultimately, one should be able to renounce the sense of doership itself. That's what Bhagavan says, that for a person who has got this sense of doership, to give up action completely is not possible. Therefore, it is not about giving up action, but Karma Yoga is about giving up attachment to the action and attachment to the results of action. Therefore, he says, Yastu karma falatyagi so one who is karma falatyagi, one who gives up one's attachment to the results of action, that is possible, that we have to do. Then such a person who gives up that is called tyagi, tyagi, iti abhidhiyate. So this is for a seeker. So seeker should become a tyagi. And when one follows this path, then we will reach that state when that sense of doership also will get dissolved and will reach that state of enlightenment. So this is the path which is beautifully presented to us in this Bhagavad Gita. And Bhagavan is repeating, see this, all this he has said in the previous chapters also, in third chapter, fourth chapter, Bhagavan talked about it. But now he is revising. He is again uh, revising all the important concepts which he had revealed before. Like a good speaker, actually a good speaker is one who tells in the beginning itself what he will tell. So they say that these are the rules of speaking. You tell what you will tell, then tell it, and tell what you told. <laughs> all three should be there. Some people actually... Don't tell what they are going to tell. So for five, ten minutes you wonder, Ki, what is the topic, Baba? Kya, kya bol rahe hai? What is going on? And they start with one topic and end with something else and in between something else and also all the mix up. So that is not what Bhagwan does. So in the second chapter he told Arjuna what he had to tell. Then he tells about it in detail in all the chapters. And in the 18th chapter, he again repeats the essential teaching. So, yastu karma falatyagi 
सत्यागी इति अभिधीयते सो भगवान सेज वन हु इज कर्म फल त्यागी अलोन इज कॉल्ड त्यागी एंड व्हाट टाइप ऑफ रिजल्ट डज दिस त्यागी गेन वाइल वी आर फॉलोइंग दिस पाथ ऑफ कर्मयोग बिफोर रीचिंग द स्टेट ऑफ एनलाइटनमेंट वॉट आर द वेरियस स्टेजेस इन थ्रू विच वी पास थ्रू और वॉट आर द रिजल्ट विच वन मे गेन दैट भगवान रिवेल्स इन द नेक्स्ट वर्स ही सेज अनिष्टमिष्टम मिश्रण चिविधम कर्मण फलम भवत्यागिना प्रेत्य न तो संन्यासीना क्वचित अनिष्टमिष्टम मिश्रण च भगवान सेस दैट फॉर भवती अत्यागी नाम दोज हू आर नॉट द त्यागी दोज हू आर वॉट यू कॉल नॉट हैज दोज हू हैव नॉट रीच दैट अल्टीमेट स्टेट ऑफ एनलाइटनमेंट एंड दोज हू परफॉर्म दिस एक्शंस फॉर देम थ्री टाइप्स ऑफ रिजल्ट कम अनिष्टम इष्टम एंड मिश्रम अनिष्टम मीन्स नॉट कंडिव नॉन कंडिव इष्टम मीन्स कंडिव और गुड एंड मिश्रम मीन्स कॉम्बिनेशन ऑफ बोथ बैड गुड एंड कॉम्बिनेशन ऑफ बोथ अनिष्टम इष्टम मिश्रम च त्रिविधम कर्मण फलम दिस आर द थ्री फोर रिजल्ट ऑफ एक्शन भवती अत्यागिना Here, atyagi means one who has not renounced the sense of doership, but performs one's duties, fulfills one's duties, or performs all actions with the sense of doership. For such a person, three types of results are possible. And when prayti after death, so these three types of results can be three types of life forms also. that uh, one can get a higher life time, uh, life form of a devata hmm. one can get a lower type of life form of uh, animals or birds hmm. where one cannot use one's intellect or mishram mishram is a human birth where combination of both are there hmm. one can become devata also and one can become asura also choice is there as a human being we can become very bad and we can become very good therefore tulsidas ji also calls it a like a ladder it can take us up and it can take us down also like a lift some people they push the wrong button and they reach the basement they start looking here and they kaha pravachan kaha ho raha hai and some reach the terrace and wonder what is happening where are the all the chairs but in between then you come you reach the auditorium <laughs> similarly the ist result the favorable or the best or good and the bad and in between 
so in the world and all this uh, different result comes according to the type of action one performs the whether one has fulfilled one's duties or one is doing something else kamya karma nishiddha karma nitya karma naimittik karma prayashchit karma hmm? then with what attitude we have performed depending on all this we get the result so like in science they say that whatever action is performed you get the equal or whatever the result uh, reaction is there suppose i take a particular uh, object or a stone and throw it then depending on the the force and all the pressure and with what uh, strength i have thrown the stone where exactly the stone will fall one can tell one can calculate forget about human suppose there is a machine which throws stone <laughs> stone throwing machine then exactly where the stone will fall or they have those uh, uh, missiles hmm huh different type of machines are there no there are certain missiles which can track uh, the thing also they can just follow the plane or or go to a particular point and they strike so exactly where it will go and all that can be calculated depend and depending on that one can use the right force unmanned satellites or rockets and all they send to other planets or the moon sitting at on earth they can exactly manipulate and make it land at a particular point they first of all they select ki yahan par we should land it so exactly at that point they can land remaining on earth they can manipulate the whole thing and land at a particular point on on mars or on moon why because that action has got a precise reaction and if you know the action and all the factors involved you can exactly pinpoint the reaction which will come exact like same thing is applicable to our mind also see mind is also a actor our thoughts are also performing action so if a particular type of thought is propelled and projected where it will go where it will land with what force it will land everything is determined we if and if we know all the factors we will be able to predict it also suppose i express anger then what type of thoughts will come and how it will remain in my system and what effect i will get in future everything is according to laws of nature hmm. so we may not know all the factors which are involved in it but their laws are precise so if a person does some negative type of action with negative uh, attitude you will get a negative result in future anishtam a lower or a unconditional result will come in future and if one does positive action because in the present moment we have choice a little choice is there in the present for a human being in the present moment a little bit of choice is there kartum shakya kartum shakya anyatha kartum shakya human being can do a thing as he has thought or can do in a different way or may even drop 
the whole thing and not do it. This choice is there in us. It may not be 100% choice, but uh, quite a wonderful percentage of choice is there in a human being. Therefore, all these scriptures and everything is possible. Otherwise, we don't have to do anything. Let everything happen according to our prarabdha. So, this little choice is there. And when we utilize that choice, then we can do good action, bad action or mixed action. And depending on our action, we get the result. So, Bhagavan says, Anishtam ishtam mishrancha trividham karmana phalam. Bhavati atyaginam pretya. And all this happens to those who are those who have not renounced the sense of doership. One who is atyagi here means one who has not renounced the sense of doership. The ego is not renounced. But this one who has renounced the sense of doership, these three types of result doesn't come. If that person becomes goes beyond the laws of cause and effect. Natu sannyasinam kvachita. Here sannyasi is one who has renounced the sense of doership. He is an enlightened person. The term sannyasi here is used for an enlightened person who has renounced the sense of doership. Then there is neither good action, good result, nor bad result, nor a mixture of result. He has gone beyond the sense of doership totally. Hmm. Is uh, that uh, locus which gives rise to those results itself get dissolved. There is no locus, there is no point where the result can accumulate. It gets dissolved. It becomes like space. But jnani is like space only. All pervading, infinite, birthless, deathless, pure existence. Not something existing, but pure existence. See, like we say, this flower exists. Now that existence is as though limited by the object called flower. But there is something called pure existence. Devoid of all the concept of flower or anything. Objectless existence. Objectless awareness. Objectless bliss. That is the state, that is the reality in which the jnani or sannyasi is established. So for such a realized master, Bhagavan says there are no three types of results, but for others, these three types of results come. So even in our day-to-day life, we get results, these three types only, good, bad or a mixture of both. Hmm. Now Bhagavan goes into the analysis of our action. And it's the most interesting uh, portion here where Bhagavan says, let us now analyze how action happens. How action takes place. See, whenever we perform an action, what are the various factors involved? So this is an analysis of action when there is a sense of doership, the ego is there. So, how exactly action happen? Is it that the ego alone is performing action or there are other factors which are involved in the performance of action? A very scientific analysis of action. Beautiful. So, in 13th verse, Bhagavan says, 
पंचे वाणी महाबाहो कारणानि निबोधमे सांखे कृतांते प्रोक्तानि सिद्धये सर्वकर्मणाम पंचे मान महाबाहो हाँ पंच इमानी और पंच एतानी फ्रॉम बुक्स सो पंच इमानी महाबाहो हे महाबाहो देर आर दिस फाइव कॉजेस पंच इमानी कारणानी निबोध में यू अंडरस्टैंड दैट देर आर दिस फाइव फैक्टर्स विच मेक्स एक्शन पॉसिबल इवन इफ वन फैक्टर इज मिसिंग एक्शन इज नॉट पॉसिबल सो इट इज नॉट डेट द ईगो अलोन एक्ट्स there are this five other factors or the ego is also one of the factor there are four other factors apart from the ego which makes action possible hmm. just as we study a machine and find out how exactly it functions there are so many parts and so many things which makes that machine function or even our computer there are so many various parts are there which makes it function similarly in all action there are five important factors which makes the action possible those five factors bhagwan will tell in the next verse huh? so this five factors bhagwan says you nibodha me hey arjuna you understand why this suddenly this topic of understanding these five factors and all this very interesting topic because when we understand it deeply we will we will come to know that uh, the all action happen because of this five and in this five the pure self is not included when we understand the whole mechanism of this action that understanding itself will free us from attachment to the action it's like you are watching a movie uh, uh, sometimes you have this three dimensional movie or those big uh, imax theater and all you have this uh, movie you can see everywhere view screen ne you seen view screen and you can look here there there everywhere you can see you feel as though you are part of that scenery hmm. have you seen how many of you have seen okay those who are not seen go and ask the those who have seen <laughs> once mulla nasruddin came to village and he was considered to be very wise and also people gathered there and they requested him please talk to us about god so he asked people how many of you know about god so half of them raised their hands so he told the other half you ask those who know about god <laughs> anyway so this imax uh, movies you can see them all over like the screen is everywhere up down everywhere and you feel as though you are part of the scene the the chairs and all our seats and all are kept in such a way that you feel as though you are part of the scene 
So sometimes they show the plane and all moving or the roller coaster ride. You feel as though you are part of it and all and you can actually feel because it's all in the brain. The brain feels that, oh, I am also part of that scene. So you experience it. So you are sitting very steady. The seat are not moving. The seat is not moving. Everything is fine. But you feel as though you are moving. But when you close your eyes, then you suddenly feel that everything is so steady, everything is calm, peaceful. But when you open your eyes, again you feel as though you are moving. Similarly, all actions are happening there on the screen, not on your seat. The seat is steady, unless you have removed some screws from there. (laughs) I hope my seat is steady. So, similarly, these five factors are there which makes action happen. But I, the self, is sitting steady. There is no action happening there. But this we have to understand by closing our eyes and becoming aware of the self. Also becoming aware that these five factors only make things happen. Therefore, this topic is very interesting and important that Bhagwan makes Arjuna realize that actions happen because of these five causes only. And this is, these are revealed in the philosophy, in our scriptures, in our Upanishad. They are called Sankhya. So, Sankhya Kritante Proktani. So, great Rishi Munis have revealed this, Bhagwan says. It's not a new thing which I am telling you. Great Rishi Munis in our scriptures, in Sankhya. Sankhya is Vedanta only. Where Sankhya, it has come from the term Sankhya means enumeration, stating like in numbers like 1, 2, 3, 4, a precise science, which is also called, this Vedanta is also called Kritanta. Kritanta means one which brings an end to all actions by bringing an end to the doer itself. So Vedanta is also called Sankhya, Vedanta philosophy. Vedanta means the Upanishad, the, the, the knowledge, wisdom which is revealed in the Upanishad is also called Sankhya because it is precise, like numbers. And it is also called Kritanta because it brings an end to all actions. Not by bringing an end to action, but bringing an end to the sense of doership. It's like the, again in the theater, you feel you are going through that roller coaster and you close your eyes and suddenly you become free of all that ride. Hmm. So you become free. Similarly, Vedanta gives, reveals that knowledge of your own self that suddenly one becomes free of the sense of doership. Action goes on, but I am no longer the doer. When I am not the doer, I am neither good nor bad, nor do I get good result nor bad result. There is neither punya nor papa, there is neither bondage nor liberation, there is neither sorrow nor joy. I have gone beyond all this, because all these are with respect to the sense of doership alone. So, Sankhe Kritante Proktani Siddhaye Sarva Karmanam, for the fulfillment of all karmas, it is said in Vedanta, in Krutanta, in Sankhya and all, that there are five factors essential 
పంచేమాని మహాబాహు కారణాన్ని నిబోధమే సో వాట్ ఆర్ ద ఫైవ్ ఫ్యాక్టర్స్ ప్లీజ్ టెల్ సో భగవాన్ నా రివీల్స్ దిస్ ఫైవ్ ఫ్యాక్టర్స్ ఇన్ ద నెక్స్ట్ వర్డ్స్ అధిష్ఠానం తథా కర్త కరణంచ పృథక్ విధం వివిధాశ్చ పృథక్ చేష్టా దైవాత్ర పంచమం అధిష్ఠానం తథా కర్త భగవాన్ సేజ్ అధిష్ఠానం ఇస్ ద ఫస్ట్ ఫ్యాక్టర్ దెన్ కర్త దెన్ కరణం చ పృథక్ విధం డిఫరెంట్ టైప్స్ ఆఫ్ కరణ ఇన్స్ట్రుమెంట్స్ దెన్ వివిధాశ్చ పృథక్ చేష్టా దెన్ ద డిఫరెంట్ టైప్స్ ఆఫ్ యాక్టివిటీస్ చేష్టా యాక్టివిటీస్ అండ్ దైవం అండ్ దైవ ఇస్ ద ఫిఫ్త్ ఫ్యాక్టర్ చైవ అత్ర పంచమం now what are these five adhisthanam <clears throat> adhisthan is called this a foundation a base from where all this function happens and that is our body without the body no action happens once a person goes beyond the body then the action stops so some base is required some uh, some locus is required for action to happen for a human being the locus is the body so adhisthan is uh, ashraya foundation is this body shariram so adhisthanam <clears throat> then just body just there being a body action doesn't happen but there should be a sense of doership that's called karta the ego the sense of doership because of the sense of doership is that that identification with the body sense of doership creates that identification like i identify with my hand and then only the hand can move so there is a identification then only that function happens so that that sense of uh, identification creates the sense of doership that i am the body i am the doer of action with the karta is called the karta the doer then karanam karanam are the instruments and what are the instruments the sense organs the organs of action the organs of perception the mind the intellect they are the organs they are the instrument through which one performs various actions hmm. then vividhascha prathak cheshtaha then the actions happening in this instrument because of the presence of prana see all these instruments also function because of prana shakti like one may have a hand so hand is an instrument but if the prana shakti is not there if there is some paralysis or something that hand will not function 
So that is called the vivid cheshta, the different types of activity of these pranas, which makes this instrument function, which activates these instruments. Even our eyes, ears, nose, they are all activated by prana shakti, the life force. Otherwise they don't have their own strength, their own power. So that life force, prana shakti, with its variety of uh, expressions, even our breathing, circulation, digestion, all those things happen because of this prana shakti. Even the organs of action, they function because of the prana shakti. Otherwise, if uh, pranas become weak, the person will not be able to act. So, prana shakti is also one factor. And daiva, daiva means that factor which is uh, uh, required, which is not in our body, but which is in the totality. For example, our eyes can function only if there is light. Eyes by themselves don't have light. But, so I have, let us say the body is there, eyes are there, pranas are there, I have a sense of doership also. But the eyes cannot function if there is no light. And eyes are not the creator of light. So that in the world there should be light, then only the eyes will function. So this factor which is outside, as though outside our body, which makes activity happen, that's called Deva, in our day-to-day providence or fate. But these are the X factor, the divine intervention, the Deva. Deva is an X factor, but it's not uh, just uh, X means someone invisible, but the natural forces or the powers of this cosmos which makes an individual also function. That's called Deva. It's, it cannot be pinpointed exactly. But they are there. They make the action possible. See, even whatever action, like all of you have come here, it is, you might be aware only of four factors. Your body coming here. Okay? Then your mind, intellect, senses and all functioning. Then you having a sense of doership and the pranas functioning in your body. But there is what we call deva, or X factor, which has made this possible. The, the, the society, the world, the roads, the government, the, the bijli, the this, that, and all, all this put together makes this uh, action possible. If even one factor is missing, then action is not possible. Suppose you decide to come, but somebody decides to have a roadblock. Your decision, all the four factors are there. The fifth factor is sitting there with a large agenda in his hand. What can you do then? Those fifth factor can be anything. Even in astrology, they talk about those different grahas. They can also be the fifth factor. The Shani, Rahu, Ketu, Mangal, Jupiter, this, that and all, they are looking. Uski direct drishti, uski vakra drishti hai, uski aisi tedi drishti hai. If you go and listen to those astrologers, they use all these terms. Sometimes you get scared. Aapke upar Rahu ki drishti hai. So you start feeling, kahan se dekh rahe Rahu aapko dekh raha hai. 
शनि आपको वहां से देख रहा है उस भाव से देख रहा है अच्छा आई नेवर न्यू दे आर ऑल लुकिंग एट मी सो दे आर ऑल्सो फैक्टर्स एक्सपेक्टर्स दैवम इट इज कॉल्ड सो ऑल दिस फाइव फैक्टर्स आर रिस्पॉन्सिबल फॉर एक्शन टू हैपन whether it is by the body mind whatever the action happens for them these five factors are essential you contemplate on these five factors tomorrow again i will repeat hmm then we will go ahead so it is for today it's enough